every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge, one book at a time, one chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Blunderground Railroad, where we are taking the train from ignorance to knowledge, and we're trying to get there. Uh, we are there with Doskatsky and the uh, Notes from Underground, Part 2, Chapter 3. I am Tom Smith, and my partner in crime, Stephen Hot. How are you guys doing? Man, yeah, this is the uh, third chapter here. Uh, it's a pretty intense chapter, huh? Yeah, I was talking a lot about um, when he was a kid. Yeah, and right. Kind of <laughs> quite a bit. You know? Shamefully, quite. it reminded me of my childhood a lot. I was like reading it, and I'm like, Ugh. man, you Ugh. know. I tell you, it answers yep. the question because <laughs> it, it answers the question because I was thinking I could come in here and I could start asking questions, uh, but I would probably lead you, and I didn't want to lead you because I was curious because I, I probably haven't slept very much in the past you know, evening thinking about uh, all these terrible memories here of being subjected uh, uh, to my, my childhood again, right? Um, uh, yeah, some um, pretty unpleasant memories there you know, in school. I mean, if I, if I dig deep, I can, I can remember like, caring what, what their opinion was sure. more than I should have. Right. Um, but that's, I didn't go as far the other way as the underground man has gone now. Yeah. Like, he, like, actually chooses to go to this farewell dinner, you know? I I wouldn't even pick up the phone or even talk to these people now. There's no point, you know? Well, but, see, the thing is, is that would be a logical reason. That would be something to do. A logical reason, the thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the uh, they even try to dissuade him. Yeah. And they tell him... Uh, they tell him, "You sure you want to go? You know, you, you kind of. He's not really welcome there." Yeah, well, they're just basically in a nice way trying to get rid of him because, as you become an adult, you realize what's a societal norm. Which is, I guess, really, you're always realizing whatever the societal norm is. Even as a child, that's what you're doing. You know, there's bullying in school, so you're like, "Well, you know, I can either eat or be eaten here." You know, and so yeah, you, you try to get with the the eat crowd rather than the eating crowd. You know, right? No, exactly, exactly. I think a lot of it because I was bullied in school as well. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, and just being bullied in school, you know, it's it's. I, I think one thing that in this chapter that. It shows you how, as an adult, right, things are, are kind of connected and, and, and how you can see, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's two aspects that the underground man has in this chapter, which are, are pretty stark. Like, the first is, you know, he comes, you know, he hates everybody, right? Uh-huh. But he sees everything. Everything, everything is a judge. Like, everybody's, a, he sees everybody as kind of like a judge, you know? Like, all the kids at school... You know, they're kind of like, they're like, they're like judges and he needs their approval. You know, he's desperate for their approval. Uh, he wants them, he wants them to, he, he wants their approval, but it's not just he wants to do what they want him to do. Right. Know? And that's the other thing is, you know, is, is, is he wants to, he wants to dominate them. Well, he actually s- says in the chapter that he wants them to be like him. Yeah, that's he 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 feels alone, you know. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find exactly where it is because I know I marked this thing down, mm-hmm. but that was the reason he was so at odds with them was because he couldn't he couldn't make them be like him, and and I think as as I got older, I know um, one I stopped caring what other people's opinions were too, Mm. I realized that everybody was like me to some extent. Now we have, sure, there are are some people that are a little deeper thinkers than others. Sure. But if you talk to most adults now, most adults will say they were bullied in school. So these people, while I was in school, they were actually thinking the same thing that, that, you know, at some point, oh man, I was getting made fun of too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, they were playing it off. You know what I'm saying? And they they happened to uh, have a few more people around them uh, that weren't the thinking 
type, but I, every single person in that group, yeah, you didn't know about it, but they felt oppressed by some other person. A lot of the times, it was me. They thought I was their bully. Is that right? Really? Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, like really? Yeah. They were like, man, you were like such a jerk in school. I'm like, what? Are you out of your mind? Like, I thought I was bullied. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so every single one of those people has experienced, in their own mind anyway, it may not have looked like it to me, mm-hmm. they've all experienced bullying. Because whatever problem you have mm. that's a big problem to you, if yeah. even if it's not a big problem to somebody else, seemingly, like from the outside, that's your big problem. Like, we look at, like, the Kardashians or whatever, like, they get their shoes dirty. I'm just making an example. I don't sure. know. No, yeah. You know, sure. they're like, oh, man, it's like the worst day of their lives, right? Okay. Okay, but we're like, you're still worth, like, $10 billion. It's like, what's the big deal here? Right. You know? Right. To them, to them, that's their big problem. That's their big problem, So you yeah. can't look at somebody else and judge, like, oh, well, you don't really have it that bad because you have this, that, or the third. Right. Because in their world, that's all they do have, so they don't see it that way. Yeah. They, it's the same exact emotion as we have. And I kind of learned that. Um, my ex-father-in-law's rather wealthy. Okay. And I learned that from him about like like money because when I was a kid, I used to idolize money. My family yeah. didn't have a lot of it. Sure. And um, I used to always want to be rich. And so he told me, he goes, and I'll never forget this. He said, all money does is make things easier. You still have problems. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of like, boom, boom, light bulb right. went off. Like, right. huh, yeah, yeah, it really does. Because you know what? When you're alone and, you know, you can't buy friends. You can't buy love. Right, sure. You know? Even the genie in Aladdin, he couldn't make anybody fall in love. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean and then the, the Beatles figured that out, right? I mean, you think that was right? It wasn't that like McCartney, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> can't buy me. Love. Yeah, right. No, I said like you can't can't buy me love, right? I think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, they they don't. You know, uh, you know. I remember. Um, I think I mentioned Scott Adams yesterday, and then he was talking about uh, the other day. Uh, he was talking about buying a, a getting getting wealthy, and he said, you know, he was poor and he needed a car. And so that was one of his needs was he needed the car. And then he said he got a check and then he became wealthy. And he goes, when I got the check, he goes, I realized I could buy any car I wanted. Like it didn't matter whether it was like a beat up old Chevy or it was a Rolls Royce. Is any I could buy any car I wanted. And he said, and it, it, it was it was amazing to think that the most important thing to me was whatever was practical. I wanted the most practical car I could get. You know, he's like, that's what I wanted. And he's like, I could have bought a Rolls Royce if I wanted to. But he's like, I, I, I never did because all I wanted was what was practical. You know, he's like, I didn't want to skimp out, but I, I, I didn't want anything beyond what was practical, even though I had all this money now, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. I think a lot of it really, I, I mean, I think it is. there's so much dysfunction, you know, because uh, the underground man, he reveals that um, – you know, I think he's an orphan. I think, uh, and he, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's got these distant relatives, and and they send him off to school to kind of get rid of Basically, him. Yeah, just get rid of him. Yeah, you know, they just kind of want him away. They right. want to get so, rid of him. Yeah. So when he was a kid, he didn't even feel like he was cared about, exactly. valued. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and so he didn't really feel like he was valued there. And I think when we look at the modern day society, right, it was so much dysfunction. Uh, it, it's something that occurred to me uh, recently. You know, just even. Even dysfunction is always going to happen, right? Even in healthy families. And, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, you and I, we both have kids and, and we homeschool the kids and, and, and it brings in a different dynamic. One of the things that we learned early on was how the kids would always spend more time with adults than they did with other kids their own age. And when compared to when you're in a public school, you spend all day with kids that are your own age. Yeah. And one of the big advantages to that is that you get to see how adults interact and when that's healthy that is so important you hit for the kids. nail on the head there when that's healthy when it's healthy <laughs> and that's where you get to this you get this this dichotomy where it's the healthiest thing in the world or it's the most or it could be the worst oh it's the worst in the world mm-hmm. you know like it, it's one of the things like for example my wife and i right when we fight right like it's healthy to fight in front of your kids as long as you're fighting in a very appropriate you know i'd say disagree yeah disagreeing okay disagreeing right yeah so you're disagreeing that's true i should say disagree so it's very important if you disagree with your spouse it's important to disagree in front of your kids and one of the reasons why is because if you can work it out you can show your children that two adults can love one another 
can disagree with one another, yep. and then they can use love and understanding to work it out. Oh, they learn conflict resolution. Right, yeah, they, they learn conflict resolution. But if you're, you know, throwing the dishes at each other and then you're running around then you know, hoot-a-hollering and screaming and throwing punches and all that sort of thing, yeah. then, you know, the kids will learn the unhealthy way and they see it from adults and then that's kind of like what they end up kind of aspiring to. And, and in terms of the underground man, he grew up without love. Yep. And he grew up without without seeing uh, functional relationships. And without being valued. And no values. Indeed, it wasn't valued. He wasn't valued. And so I always ask myself, like, how many kids do we have today in in, in this current year Mm -hmm. that, okay, are being raised in single-parent homes, Mm -hmm. all right? And I mean, I should have numbers here because they're very easy to get, and you can look them up. Single-parent homes, broken homes, all right? We have... Uh, we have kids that are are being raised that have uh, that have um are getting raised in homes that have uh, all sorts of dysfunction in. Oh, them. there's drug abuse. There's alcohol abuse. Absolutely. Physical abuse. You know, domestic yep. violence, right? Domestic violence. Um, absolutely. Yeah, you name it. Right, you it's name go- it. It's going on in homes, and and kids are seeing it. Man, these days, and yeah, no, no question about it. That's you know that the the decline of the family mm-hmm. unit in America. Yeah, is the reason for the product we've we've now got right um where people have no respect you know we see the 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 20 somethings out yeah you know lighting portland on fire and you know that's right at at rates we've we've never seen you know it's not the law of averages it's not just because we have millions more people Mm -hmm. it's the society we live in it's just it's more normal now it's it's become it's it's become normalized and people have become complacent and yeah. just moved away from God. You know, God established government, family, church. Sure. And we've just said, yeah, well, church goodbye. Yeah, right. <laughs> and family goodbye. Yep, right. <laughs> and, and even uh, government. I mean, right. And and government is that's fading. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> Depending it is. on what you call a government. Well, I mean, you got to look at, for example, I mean, look at them. Like, I think AOC was on Vogue magazine cover, right? You know, I mean, you're talking about a legislator. She's never actually legislated anything. So as a legislator, she's, I mean, just looking at her as a legislator, Mm -hmm. she's almost a complete and total failure. And most of them are. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not her fault. I mean, it's impossible, really, to, mm-hmm. to, to get legislation at that level. But um, at least with that, you know, that kind of level of influence within the party. But mm-hmm. she goes on the magazine, and she's one of the most, you know, one of the most popular figures in America, and yet she's a total failure as a legislature. So what we see is we see people who are using they use the politics they use they become a senator because they want a social media platform or because they want exposure or because they want to brand, and they can do this because there's no functional way to actually govern as a low level you know representative. I mean it's impossible. Yeah, no, we have. People, you know, the government right now is is substituting or trying to substitute mm. themselves as the family. You know, yeah, we have right. schools that are imposing oh, yeah. their their will, their views, mm-hmm. teachers, right at, at the lowest level. Yeah, imposing their views on kids that they have care of. Yeah, all day. Right. You know, the Bible says, "Train a child up in which the way he will go, yeah, in, or in the way in which he shall go, and he will not depart from it." I believe is what it says. Mm-hmm. Um. And we have teachers <laughs> just teaching them totally just just wrong, you know. Yeah. And evil is being called good. Yeah. Right. And that's evil. what we have going on today. And kids that don't have anyone to look up to, who mm. are they idolizing? Not God. Yeah. You know, the, these people they see on TV and mm-hmm. Facebook and Twitter yeah. and everything else. Well, you know, I think is it you really hit it on the head before because you talked about these kids not being valued. When you are not valued and you are thought to be worthless, right? Yeah. Okay, so what's normal and healthy, all right, we all want to be liked, right? Mm-hmm. And we all want to be understood, right? Yeah. We say people want to be loved and be loved, right? Yeah, you got to find so, somewhere to belong. Right, yeah, yeah, sure, you know? Yep. So, um, the, uh, so everybody wants this. It's a very healthy thing to want. But when you are not valued and you are, 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 you are raised with not being valued— and then you're basically raised by media, right? They put you in front of a TV or they give you like a video game console or something. And you're raised by media. Then you you do two things. Number one, you learn to view the world 
through the narrative, through media narratives, and yeah. through you know through uh, through these media narratives. And media narratives are done to make people money, to make people money, yep. not to raise children. Right. So they see the world through this. And then the second thing is, people lose the okay. So as a normal person, if you're a normal healthy person, you want to be liked. Hey, that's fine. I mean, we all want to be liked, right? Mm-hmm. But the desire to be admired and to be celebrated becomes so overwhelming. Right, like even to your enemies, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, we see that all the time. Like I see this on Twitter, like all the time. Like guy on hard right, guy on hard left, and they will go at each other, right? And someone's got to win. I mean, right? You'll see these things. They'll go back, forth, like I don't know, thirty-nine times, yeah, forty-five times, and they're going. They're making the points. Boom, point. Boom, counterpoint. Boom, counterpoint. Boom, counterpoint, and they will go, and they will go, and there's this, there's this underlying, there's this underlying, usually one person is dealing with logic, and they're like, okay, I'm going to deal with logic, right, and the other one is, is kind of like this, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to label it left or right, because it could be any, it can be, oh, it goes both ways, yeah, yeah, it can go both, depending on the conversation, sure, sure, and it can go both ways, usually one person is trying to lock down some sort of logical, coherent argument, and they're saying, hey, the logic can't, you can't get outside this logic, the other person is, it is like, it's like a cry for help, they're throwing anything at the wall that they can possibly stick, exactly, and they're kind of (laughs) like, they're kind of like, listen, I will at some point dominate you. And when I dominate you and I put my jack boot right on your throat, you will look up at me and you will admit that I am correct. Yeah. And it's very much interesting. Like in this chapter, uh, for example, like um, uh, with Zirkoff, right? The underground man, he wants to like, you know, he's like, he's got this fantasy where he like, you know, tells Zirkoff, you know, tells him off, you know, and then Zirkoff will, you know, Zirkoff kind of like, you know, after he gets up, after he gets over, you know, being stomped on, you know, by the superior intellect, you know, he wants to sit down and, you know. Yeah, everything will be hunky-dory, you yeah, know, after, you know, after that happens. Yeah, you know, and he puts, you know, he'll throw his shoulder, he'll throw his hand right over his shoulder, you know, and then they'll be like the best of friends, you know. Yeah, and I remember I used to, I used to think that, you know, I wanted that too and I grew up in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't even want to be around those people. But he was willing to even take his company as long as somebody would value him. I mean, that's how low it got. He was like, "I'm out of options. Just right. I have some connection with like these people hate me, but they know I'm here. They know I'm alive. Right? <laughs> they right. know I exist. Right? So like that was his only option. He got so desperate. Um, at least that's what that's what I thought of it. Yeah. That like he's like, all right, well if we could at least just get along because that's all he wants is is peace you know we were mm-hmm. kind of talking about that yesterday about yeah we were you know i, I don't th- we weren't recording but we were talking about you know all yeah. he wants in his home is peace right 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 and uh that's all he wanted was he just wants peace and acceptance with with people you know and and that was the only like logical conclusion for him is like he's got to see it my way and once he does you know then then we'll be good yeah, but he does. He, he needs people to see it his way. See, he's got to like, he's got to have like this. It's like this power dynamic, right? You know, it's like um, it's like this power dynamic that people want to get on the uh, when people feel like they have no power, they feel like they're they feel like they're powerless, right? Mm-hmm. And then what they do, you'll see this a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. What they'll do is they'll oftentimes they will uh, attach themselves to an identity group that also has no power. And then they will end up raging against what they deem as the more powerful people. I mean, right? So, like, it's he does crave. I mean, it's, he wants peace in his life, but he, he, it's like it's his power, right? He has to have power over the police officer, right? When when the police officer, because the police officer, his big crime is effectively not acknowledging his his existence and blowing him off, right? I mean, that happens. To yeah. everybody, like every single day of every single day of your life. Yeah, I mean, it probably happened to me today. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, but right, and that, but he 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 needs to be able to have this fantasy where he exercises this power over the policeman, and you know what we see this too. Like uh, you were talking about Portland before, right? The Black Lives Matter, right? These people, they don't, they don't, they grow up dysfunctional households. They don't. Um, they don't feel valued. They don't feel valued. That's exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. though. You and I right. look at them, and we're like, 
What are you talking about? Yeah. You're an American with all the same rights we have. Exactly. Are you out of your mind? Right, exactly. But I promise you, these people are not out there at midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. risking getting arrested, holding up signs, sweating, just probably dehydrated, what have right. you. That's right. They're not out there because it's a carnival and it's fun for them. Right. They actually feel this way. Yeah. And something, we don't know what exactly, something has made them feel this way. That is their real problem, just mm-hmm. like the Kardashian shoe getting dirty, yep. right? Exactly yeah. That I used, okay? To them, that racism is a real thing. Yeah. You know, as crazy as, as we think this is, we mm-hmm. look at it, we're like, how can you not plainly see yep. that you're, you're good to go? And we've, we've got to figure out how to make them feel valued. Yeah. While I mean, also not destroying the country. <laughs> this is true. It's true. You know, biblically, we have faith, hope, and love, right? right? Yep. You know, we have faith in God. We have love for our brother. We have hope for the future, mm-hmm. right? Power dynamics is a very simple equation, okay, of it is dominion and submission, all right? One person's going to dominate. The other person's going to submit. So that's how they view the world, I mean, right? So in racism, it's like, you know, there's like this sense of domination and there's a sense of submission, uh, like reformations or, or looting, right? If you are going to take to the streets and you're going to burn down a 7-Eleven uh, or you're going to throw a rock through a glass window, that is a, a visible mark of, uh, it's a visible mark of submission. It is saying that we're not going to take it and you don't need to take my word for it. Look at the fire. Mm-hmm. Or uh, another example would be reparations, uh, where they'll say, well, we need reparations. The reparations, you know, it's, 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 it's as simple as one person has having a physical manifestation. It's a symbol of dominance. I have this $1,000 or whatever it is. I, I don't even know. But, you know, uh, like I have the, this money in my fist mm-hmm. is a physical manifestation of my dominance. And the fact that you don't have it anymore is a physical manifestation of your submission. Yeah. So, you know, things become, you know, and then things like love and hope, they all get filtered through this this uh, this uh, th- this the sense of domination and submission. Well, we're going to apply a certain amount of domination over here, and we're going to apply a certain amount of um, uh, of submission over here, and we're going to combine it all together in like this little beaker tube, you know, like the little beaker, and then we're just going to shake it up, and then it's going to come out perfect, and it's going to be perfect. And it's really not that dissimilar than what the underground man was dealing with before when he's talking about the scientist, you know, and he's talking about um, coming up with these equations that we'll be able to make our, uh, uh, we'll be able to have this perfect society. And really, a lot of it is that, you know, if we burn down these buildings and we can get this amount and we can we can tinker it through, we can get that perfect, perfect, uh, 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 like kind of egalitarian world, right? Where it's all straight down the middle. Yeah. And where does this all stem from? Very simply, not having an objective truth. Yep. Right. There you go. Because if you have a subjective truth, then you're free to make up whatever you want to be true, whatever whatever sort of vision, right? Right. And where, where there's no vision, the people perish. Well, we need a vision, darn it. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> wrong. Right, wrong. <laughs> Not what that's talking about. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, really, a lot of it comes down to how you, uh, how you prioritize, um, like, love versus law, right? A lot of that is. Because, you know, people, you ask, you ask your normal person, you say, hey, what do you feel about love? People go, oh, love's a good thing. I like love, right? Yeah. And then you'll say, well, how about the rule of law? Law, is that good? You know, it's good, right? But they can't exist. They don't exist on the same plane, right? You have to either have love above law or law above love. And so if you place love above law, then you, you there's no justice. You can't have, that can't exist because you can justify any action through love. I mean, right? Why did you kill that person? Because I loved. Because I loved him too much. I had to kill him. You yeah, know, the, crime of passion. They right? couldn't. They couldn't be in this world anymore. Right? So yeah, I loved them so much. I couldn't be in this world anymore, so uh-huh. I had to kill them. Right? Or why did you steal for that person? Well, because I loved that poor person so much. That's why I had to steal. So you know, love over law will always justify any action. But when you place the law above love. Then that love can be directed, all right, and it can be directed. It, it can be directed objectively, right? You know, but what law? Man's law? Right, right. That there we go. So an, a fallible law or an infallible law? Yeah, and that's 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 that is the root of all of the problems. Is 
Amen. We don't. We don't have an objective truth. You're when, exactly right. When, when the Bible's talking about be of one mind, of one accord, it's ta- it's not talking about we should all have the same idea for this one thing or this one thing or that one thing. Yes. It's about Christ. Yes. And His deity. Yes. His authority. Yes. Is eternal, mm-hmm. and His word. Yes. That's what we are to be of one mind, of one accord about, yeah, right? Is the Bible because of John 1 1. Mm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, yeah. and the Word was God. Right, right. That's what we need to be of one mind about. Yeah. And if we were, well, then we could, we're not going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but we could realize when we're doing something to our brother that is offensive to them. Yeah. And it wouldn't be so hard to submit. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I think so. But we don't we don't have that. We haven't had that since the beginning, right? Yeah. You know, the, right. the fall of man. The fall of man. It's I kind of joke with some people that the <laughs> the Bible like I got this big thick Bible and I got like these two little skinny pages where like God made this perfect thing and then the whole rest of this thickness is him telling us we screwed up and here's how to fix it. <laughs> like, that's how messed up we are. I know. So true. You know? We really are. Oh, man. We really are. Man, it is so true. Yeah, you, you you see that stuff. If you're if you're a Christian, stuff's pretty evident all through the chapter, all through the book, that the problems that he deals with stem from the fallen world that, that we live in. Um, but there's some specifics in here, like, you know, the the dinner that they were throwing for this Zirkov guy. Yeah, that's right. And they were doing this um, for him uh, because he wasn't just anybody to them, right? Right. He was he was like their group leader, like the the uh, you know he was the life of the party and whatnot. And yeah, at one that's point, right. you know, one of his acquaintances only stays with him because he borrows money off of him. Um, <laughs> right. You know. So people only stay close to him for for their benefit, you know, mm-hmm. which isn't much different than a lot of worldly people today. Yeah, you know, no, that's they, true. They, if someone's inconvenient or annoying to them or whatever, you know, see you later, bye, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was his friends, the same thing. Um, but nonetheless, the underground man wanted to wanted to go and and be part of it. You know, it, it's this. He, I almost wonder if it's a form of spite. You know, like at the beginning, right? At the beginning of, of uh, the first book, he says, I'm a spiteful man, right? And so he, because um, he quits his job, right? When he gets the inheritance. Right. Right. I mean, he's not rich, but he gets he gets a, he gets a, a sum of money. Sure. And then he's like, you know, I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, oh, and the, uh, the toothache, right? Oh, oh, no, the liver. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, he says his liver is diseased, I think. Yep. Right. He says my yeah. liver is diseased. Yes. And he refuses to go to the doctor. Uh-huh. Right. And then of course there's the chapter with the toothache. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um and, and then with the toothache. So he does these things because he's spiteful. And you know, he's sitting there and he knows he knows number one, he knows Zerkoff doesn't like him. He knows that he won't be welcome. And he and, and then and he's sitting there, and then all of a sudden, he even says it. He doesn't know why he does it. He, he all of a sudden he blurts out, "Well, it'd be even better if I could go. You know, you have twenty eight. You'll you'd have twenty eight instead of twenty one. You know, yeah. like let me come." And then they tell him, "Like, why would you want to come?" And he says, well, "Or they say, um, they say, you know, you, you know, Zirkov, you know, Zir- you and Zirkov aren't friends, right?" And then he says, "Well, maybe I want to change that." Yeah. Right. Which is ludicrous because we know that he despises Zerkoff, right? Yeah, and the other the other guys walk out, but this one dude he, that he owes money to. Oh yeah, that's funny. right. He owes he owes him like fifteen rubles, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. something like that. That's right. Yeah, he and owes he only, him money, and he only has nine. So whatever money he got, he's like out of now. Um, and right. I, saw, I found out it was interesting. So we're starting to figure out more about what his job was, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I was off earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know, um, he talks about like. You know they're they're probably ashamed of him because of his failure in the service, right? And right. I'm like, oh man. And then it talks about the army or whatever. So I have a little bit of knowledge about the army and how it functions. <laughs> oh yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Don't talk about going backwards in time, right, man? Man, 
It was like back to high school again. And honestly, yeah, like I, I could totally picture this when it starts describing like this, you know, people who could basically get away with anything. Sure. That yeah. is that is the army. Is it really? I don't care how wow. smart. E- even look, in Notes from Underground is look, still spot on. Huh? Man. And I was like, this was written in the 1800s. Some things never change. Some things never change. Because man. he's dead on. I'm <laughs> wow. telling you, it's the army. Your yeah. success is based on PT, physical training, and your really? PT score. Which you can score. When I was in, you could score up to 300. It was based off sit-ups, push-ups, and a two-mile run. Okay. And based on your timing for the two-mile run, how many push-ups you did in two minutes, and how many sit-ups you did in two minutes, sure. you would get a certain score. Sure. If you could max it, yeah, you you could take a poop on the commander's desk. <laughs> like You do whatever you want, you're going to make E5. It don't matter. It's the craziest thing I've ever been a part of in my life. <laughs> Yeah, you can feel up the. You're like I just daughter, wrote a, huh? I just wrote a dissertation. Golly, you know, and the commander's like, do push-ups. What? <laughs> I took a crap on your desk. I don't care. He ran a ten-minute two-mile. Are you out of your mind? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's which one are you going to need more in battle? You're probably not throwing a dissertation at the enemy, you know? Right. I guess not. No. But this right? guy can carry me ten miles up a mountain in four minutes. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> not- <laughs> it is the, it's the craziest thing, man. Yeah, man. So maybe wild. maybe Zerkov, since like he's you know awesome to hang out with and got a bunch of money. I mean, yeah, right. You know, who do you need around really? I mean, you, you know, you might need some money once in a while. You know, right? No, never and, know. Uh, do you want to hang out with a boring person? No, this guy makes me laugh. I'm gonna hang out with him. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Just by default, people hang out. With him. I know. I know. No doubt. But it, uh, wow, I guess so. It, uh, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's got no, it's, he's so dysfunctional. He has no, you know, there's, there's no functional social skills here, you know? None whatsoever. Like, yeah, I mean, like, none. No. Like, he doesn't. No, he's just like, I'm going to go and I'll make it up as I go. And that, yeah, he, he like sits <laughs> down. I mean, he goes over and people and he knocks on the door. Yeah. And he comes in and he, he says, well, I sat down and I began to listen. Like, wow. Right. You're very interesting. You're right, you know? (laughs) Your thoughts are amazing. Right, right. Like, it's (laughs) almost like, and then like, and even at the end, I mean, when he's, uh, you know, the, the, he's talking with him and he says, um, and he's, he's like, he's, he's almost trying to tell him like, don't worry about the money, you know, like almost he knows he's going to screw it up and he's just trying to give him an excuse. Like, like, let's just, 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 let's keep going and move on. Like, you don't owe me the money. We'll take care of it. Right. He's trying to avoid the awkwardness of the conversation. Right. Exactly. He's the only one who feels caught there by the, like some sense of moral obligation to just not just walk out and like leave this loser standing there and ignore what he said. Right. (laughs) Effectively. Right. No, it's true. No, he really is. And then it's just, just, there's no social whatsoever. And then like the underground man, he can't even get it. Like he he found, he kind of gets it when he's walking home, right? He's walking home and he goes, he goes, you know, I should just write a note. I'm going to send him a note. I'm going to have somebody go and drop off the note at the front desk and that'll be the end of it, you know? And then I'll wait another year or two until I see him and it'll be fine. But by the time he gets home, he's like, he's breaking a sweat, man. You know, I mean, the guy's sweating bullets. You know, he can't handle it. He's 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 gonna fire his, uh, his you know, he's gonna fire his servant. He's gonna he's he's got a he's worried about the stains on his shirt. You know, like oh, you know, these people are gonna hate me. And then he's yeah. he's gonna spend every last dollar trying to get a, you know, yeah. He's gonna like put him put himself in financial hardship, right? To, to do this, yeah. You know, and like everything, like everything is about like and it's outward right everything is like about outward appearances like he he needs to show up at like a a certain carriage and he's all worried about his clothes and like how his clothes will look right um you know and then like everything is like and you never can tell i mean like you never can tell like about like what's real and what's not you know because what's unfounded and what's founded you know it's like he doesn't Everything is a judge. Like, okay, so in the first part of the book, right, he's talking with this imaginary audience. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like arguing with them. Like, like he's argue. It's like arguing in a courtroom. You know, like if you're in a courtroom, yeah. and someone says, "Well, we have all the scientific evidence here, and uh, we can clearly see that uh, you will be living the rest of your life in the Crystal Palace." In the Crystal Palace, you know. Yeah. And he's like spends the whole time like arguing, like like he he's he's. He's yeah. There were contradictions constantly. Yeah, you know. But then he, he's like he's arguing with them like like they're like like they're they're coming at him with this assertion, right? You yep. know. And then he's constantly thinking about what he does is 
he personifies this assertion onto other people, and then yep. he thinks about the potential consequences of other people's assertions, not the ones they have, but the ones that he has put on them. Yep. And then, and then he's like, and he sees that they're all kind of pointless, and then he's like, well, it would be pointless for me to even enter your world because all your potential outcomes are worthless. But then... He, 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 but then he can apply that to everything around him. So then he's just alone in the underground. So he has to force himself into these ridiculous circumstances, you know, where like he's he's like, well, no, I want to go and have dinner with Zerkov because you know I want him to be my friend. And it's like the most dis. I mean, it's obvious. That's lie. because even he doesn't know what's going to happen. He has to admit that. Otherwise, he wouldn't go. Because if he knew what was going to happen, yeah. he wouldn't. He wouldn't go. But his whole thing is. He finds himself superior to them. Uh, because he does. Right, that's true. He says right here, they had no understanding of such essential things. They took no interest in such striking, impressive subjects that I could not help considering them inferior to myself. Yeah. Right. And then he right. he further further down goes, they had no idea of real life, which I thought to be hilarious because I call this over here fake life. Oh yeah. And right. I, I I don't know. Look, man, I'm not. I'm, I, I hate to be like, I'm kind of like the underground man, but I, in that sense, I am. This is fake life, and there are people who have no idea of what it's like to live mm-hmm. where it really is just life and death. You're literally just surviving. Yeah, you're just surviving. You're not day. striving for anything other than to stay alive. Right, then stay alive every day. You're- and when you're brought down to that level, you'll know. You figure it out real <laughs> Trust quick. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man, right? You figure it out real quick. <clears throat> but he... You know, again, he's stuck in this this place where wow. he is viewing his problem as like a huge problem, and other people don't have that same issue with that. They think it's a problem, so to them, they're like, "Man, your problem's not so bad." Yeah, man. that's right. Just, just be yourself. You'll be, you know, you'll be fine. But he he doesn't have any relationships, so he has to create his own value. You know, he doesn't feel he didn't feel worthy. So he says, well, I'm worthy, I'm valuable because I'm so smart. And then the only way that he, the only way that people can engage with him in a healthy way is to accept the value that he puts on himself, you know? Like, he has to, he has to be admired, you know? He never can be, he can never be like, he can never be, he can never show up and knock on the door and say, hey guys, you know, I know we didn't get along in school and all, but you know, I, and I know that I'm a mess, but you know, we all got problems and I was hoping that we might be able to sit down and I only have a uh, ruble on me, but uh, you know, if you want to grab a bottle and we can sit around and maybe talk, I really enjoy that, right? He's incapable of saying that. Like that's not even, it's not part of his person. He's walking up the stairs and and it's either, he's either going to sit on the couch and he's going to be silent and brooding or people are going to realize that he is like a genius and they're going to like the other the, the last chapter right yeah. they're going to kiss him right people are going to kiss me and then right. they're, they're going to see my sins and then they're going to see my sins are so righteous that they'll kiss me and they'll just fall away cuz it'll be it's a, such a, a saintly thing you it's know feast or famine with him there's yeah, no man. there's no in between right yeah exactly you know but yeah you're right he superimposes his views on to other people yeah and right that's that's a huge problem, not just for him, but for anybody, anybody in real life today. So true. To do that. So true. You have to understand people are their own person. And you don't need to worry about who that person is. You worry about yourself. Yeah. You know, it's. It, I think a lot of it is the difference between wanting to be liked, wanting to be understood, mm-hmm. versus wanting to be admired and wanting to be emulated. You know, and I think that there's a difference between that. When people come in, they say, well, it would be great if Johnny liked me and understood me. Like, that's attainable, you know, and and you can make little compromises. You can get there. Yeah. But if you're demanding that Johnny recognize your greatness and change his worldview to match yours because it's just so superior, like, that's an impossible thing to do. Yeah. There's realistic expectations is his problem right now. He doesn't have realistic expectations. Right. You know? No, not at all. Um, And... I don't want to, like, it's hard to say the guy lacks humility because of all the crappy things about himself that he says. Yes. He is so inward looking. Right. So I, I guess I don't understand, like, if you're so philosophical, how can you not figure out the problem here is that you're just not coming out of your shell and being, be, just be who you are. Yeah. Like, whatever thoughts that are in your head, mm-hmm. sure, they're going to be different than everybody else's. They're not going to sound like theirs and... um 
their thoughts coming out of their mouth. Right. You know, okay. Even though they think, even though your view is, and it says right here, everything that was just but oppressed and looked down upon, they laughed at heartlessly and shamefully. Yeah. Well, guess what? They don't view those things that way, obviously. Right. Not everybody shares your value system. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Have your own value system. That's that was the that's the difference between the man of action and the man of consciousness. I, I honestly believe. Okay. I think the man of consciousness has to force himself or learn somehow to be the man of action. I guess what I see is the man of action is not Maybe it's somewhere just in between. Maybe it's the healthy combination of the two. But remember, the man of action has a a first cause, a primary cause. You know, that's what like then what we we talked about that. Like that's God, right? Like you have a first cause, and the the man of consciousness is accuses the man of action of having third causes as first causes. You know, like yeah. oh, I, I, my, my neck hurts, so I'm gonna, or my back hurts, so I'm gonna sit down. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like the man of consciousness is like, oh, well, uh, you know, my back hurts and probably because uh, I uh, ate a tamale and I shouldn't have done that because of this or that or the other. Like it's circular logic. It never ends. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, and that's why he calls him stupid. Right. But the truth is, is that you can you can still have be a deep thinker. You can still have those third causes, second causes, first causes. You can still but you can bring it all back to God. I mean, when he's fantasizing. He says that he feels love at a level that he can't even comprehend. Right. And he calls and he, he calls out to the name of the Lord and he calls it a fantastic love. He says it is a fantastic love. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's cap- so he is capable of that love, that value that he that value that he that he doesn't have in his life, it can be in his life. Mm-hmm. And that and 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 not only that, but he can also express it because if you can if you can visualize it, then you can express it. And if he can visualize the love of God in his mind, then he can accept it, and then he can pass it on to others. The um, the uh, if he knows God, he has the Holy Spirit, and then he'll be able to he'll be able to go out into the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so at that point, he would have an objective truth, and he could utilize his thought to be appreciated by others but then you have you have law above love he'd have the objective law of god and then he could point out and he could come out into the world and he wouldn't have this sense he could be the man of action yeah right he could be the man of action but he doesn't have there is no primary cause for him you know and and you could say that well the underground maybe you could say that well in the current age you know people uh uh people deconstruct god just like they deconstruct everything else uh but I, I don't, you know, it, it, here with the underground man, he goes to the outside because he sees nothing inside the world that's perfect, right? There's there's nothing inside the world that's perfect. Nothing perfect to him. Nothing that suits him. Yeah, n- nothing. His yeah. views. That's that's the thing. Because even when he <clears throat> even when he did achieve a friend, right? Yes, towards, that's towards right. The, towards the end of the chapter, right? But he wants to dominate him, though, right? He said he said he did, right? Um, but that's so what drew, that's right, what drove him away. Right, right before that, remember he he um, he like drove himself to the top with with his studying and his grades or whatever. Yes, yes, and exactly. So, and so um, he's like, well, they they couldn't deny that, you know that um, that uh, that they were impressed with um, you know how well he did with his studies. Yeah. Um, but that was as far as he got, and that wasn't, you know, enough for him. Right. And then finally, when he did get a friend, he said, "Once indeed, I did have a friend, but I was already a tyrant at heart. I wanted to exercise unbounded sway over him. I tried to instill into him a contempt for his surroundings. I required of him a disdainful and complete break with those surroundings. So yeah. he wants to make him like himself. He, he but does. The very first part of that." Once indeed I did have a friend, but I was already a tyrant at heart. Yeah. He realized, but I was already. So before he wasn't. So he's saying this, the way things have been, yeah. that conditioned me to be this way. So he's making an excuse yeah. Yeah. for I, being a tyrant. Yep. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's what he's doing. He's just making an excuse for himself. Yep. Yep. No, that's true. It is making an excuse for himself. 
That's right. And and he has to he has to spread his misery, you know. I mean, he has to that in order to be his friend, that this friend has to be just as miserable as he is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't have you being happy like them, and then I'll lose you. Right. If, if no. you're too happy, you might go to the happy group. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. And, uh, you but know, he's exa- constantly looking. He is still constantly looking to be happy because later on he goes, any external event, you know, it made him feel as though some radical change in my life were at hand. So he had, yeah. he had like, like a glimmer of hope, right? <laughs> like, oh, wait, is that a sign? Oh, something. All right. You know what? Maybe, right. maybe my luck is about to change here. <laughs> there, there you go. Right. Exactly. No, it's exactly right. So he had this like glimmer of hope, but he doesn't understand that change is right there in front of him. But the thing is, is like you know, he he doesn't. Everything that he knows, okay, the underground man. Everything he knows is through literature and books and the culture of Western Europe. In our own society, everything we know is through media and through TV and through narrative. So. This is what people consider to be normal. You know, it's like the, these normal things that happen, you know, like he doesn't, the underground man has, he has so little experience outside of books that everything has to become like a novel. Like, when is the last time you went and read a great novel and they were like, Johnny got up in the morning and he had a bowl of cereal and <laughs> then he sat on the can for 20 minutes and he looked at his phone and then um, he went out and, you know, he picked off a couple of Skittles off the floor from the previous night. Yeah, you're not going to read a mundane book. Pretty good. Yeah, you know, you're not going to read that, right? So usually everything becomes like this literary type thing. And the underground man is like that. He's like, I knocked on the door, you know, and then I came in and I sat down. And, you know, and everything <laughs> yeah. is like, so he's like in this literary world, right? So when you live in that world, you grow up in, in cartoons and narrative and all that, then you lose the ability for, for things like real life like and i'll share this right with my own kids right like i I, like i don't get my kids like my son is 17 and he's had access to technology for about i don't know a year and a quarter you know Mm -hmm. right because i wouldn't give him any technology because i wanted him to know what life was like i wanted the baseline of life to be normal everyday transactions and like not like thinking that like everything in life is going to be some stimulating and the younger my kids get the harder it is yeah. the more difficult it is because we have three kids. And so the first was the easiest. Now the younger one, right, I find myself all the time. I mean, she's eight years old, and I have to say, sweetheart, stop trying to stimulate yourself. Okay, go over here, take a deep breath. Don't expect to be stimulated. We're going to have to do this. You know, like you end up with this dynamic where you're not able to deal with normal life. No. You know, because everything becomes... You're distracted all the time. All the time. And every narrative is like this grand narrative, you know? Like, you know, going to work, right? People are like, going to work. They're like, oh, well, uh, you know, I need to make this much money. Or, uh, you know, I'm not going to work and, and then all that. You know, like, people can't just say, well, sometimes you go to work and, you know, you got fired and, it's, and, and, and it was a bad thing. You know, like, it's a normal thing. You know? No. Because... You know, people live in a narrative tragedy that is something normal, like, say, for example, a job down at the local uh, ice cream stand doesn't work out and, you know, you get told to go home, right? That's a bad day at the office. Don't get me wrong, right? Sure. But it's not a grand tragedy, right? Right. (laughs) And people will treat it like, I mean, days and days and wailing and gnashing of teeth, like this is a big thing, right? And you can transpose that into, like, the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, man. You know, so it's just this, and, and the underground man, everything is, you know, when he's going to the party for Zerkoff, he spends like, I don't know, like, he spends like five rubles or something, you know, and he, he's calling out the taxi, he's got the clothes, and everything's got to be perfect, you know, and he's going to this party, and he's got these fantasies about what it will be like, you know, and the truth is, is if you just thought about it for five minutes, you know, that mm-hmm. most of the people don't want him there. Yep. He doesn't have, he hasn't really said anything interesting to any of these people in, in almost a decade. He ain't really more. got the money to be there. He has, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has no money to be there. And, you know, Zerkov, does Zerkov even remember who he is? I mean, right? I mean, so, you know, like, I mean, there's what's nothing to be gained here? Yeah. So, like, there's nothing to be gained. Nothing. 
I mean, so he could sit down with the servant and have a conversation with the servant, be normal, and it'd probably be more beneficial to him than running out and wasting all his money at a party. And you know, it's gonna be yeah, disaster. Chasing, chasing those narratives. Chasing the narrative, yeah, and living in that fantasy realm where you're living in that narrative, and you're like, well, I didn't exactly, you know, you say like, uh, you say it wasn't exactly like I was that character, you know, like it wasn't like you'd say like, um, well, um, you'd say uh, like. My life isn't exactly like Frodo from The Hobbit, you know, but I'm on my own little hero's journey, you know? Right. Well, you're right. Are you? Really? Or, like, are you just living your life, you know? Yeah. Like, so, it, 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 um, so it, you know, and obviously that there are going to be some, it is, it's going to be different for every person, but I, 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 you see this, what happens, and, and I just am so confounded by the relationship between part one and part two, because now we're seeing all these things lived out. Lived out, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. not always A to B. Sometimes it's B to A. Mm-hmm. You know, like we say, like, I'm reading, and then I'm like, oh, That's wow. why. Yeah, that behavior sparked yeah. that thought. Yep, right? exactly. Whereas two paragraphs before, it was that thought that sparked that behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's going back and forth for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely seeing that. And then you're living it in your own life. Well, you're seeing where you live it in your own life. For yeah, sure. exactly. You do. You exactly do. <laughs> well, you know, and I can't imagine how much this book would have brought to mind if I had read it prior to being a Christian. Because right. I'd have been like, oh, man, like I would have realized I was missing an objective truth. Sure. And ooh, I don't know, that might have been bad. Because then I would have tried. I would have made up my own objective truth, and there would have been no changing it from there on out. Right. Okay. I don't know, yeah. Maybe it would have been. It would have been bad. But um. Or maybe it wouldn't have even been evident to me that you have to have an objective truth because it's not evident to anybody else, it doesn't seem, so Man, I don't know. that is so true. <laughs> but if you have an objective truth, suddenly mustard stains on your knees it ain't so bad. There you go, right? Who cares? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Christianity and war, yeah. that will level you right out to what really matters. Boy. You know? Yeah, preach it, brother. Pe- yeah. People look at me weird. Like I, when I wear shorts to church, they're like, wow, why, why'd you do that? Because it's hot. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to staple a copy of Romans 14 to my forehead. Sure. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The, um, you know, like, stop living in a narrative. Don't live in a church narrative. Don't live in a TV narrative. Mm-hmm. Don't live in a book narrative. Yeah. Live in the Bible narrative. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. When you're talking about survival before, you yeah. know, about just being able to survive. Yeah, you want to talk basic level of life, take it down to that. Yeah, to take it down to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you um and you're just trying to survive and there's that it really does bring things into perspective. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I remember one time uh with a family that my my wife took the uh, kids to see uh the grandparents mm-hmm. and I was going to drive down the next day and I don't forget the circumstance. Mm-hmm. But I had been pining for some time alone for forever. And it'd been years. I mean, a long time, right? Like I just like for I had never had like more than say twenty minutes to myself right for Ooh, years <laughs> right <laughs> it's a long time and this was a while ago I don't quite remember it but I remember those one night and uh, my wife took the kids to see the, the great grandparents and I was going to join them the next morning so it meant that I had this evening by myself right oh boy and uh, yeah and I thought oh you know what's going to happen like I thought uh, you know that uh, you know the, and uh, anyways I like you know house party and all those things. Man, I tell you, I got there, I got home from work, and I was by myself. Like, I was immediately miserable. Oh, the grass wasn't green. Oh, man, just wasn't green. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, like, I was not, like, I was, I was totally, like, I, when it stripped down, and then it was like, I could do whatever I wanted, then, like, all of a sudden, I didn't, I I didn't want to do anything. And, and it was miserable. And I was, it was awful. Like, and because after being around and being around so many people and all that, like, it was just, it was the longest night of my life, and I thought, man, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Like I just, I was the most miserable, loathsome person in all of humanity that night. You know. Well, that's the thing. The people, people chase narratives. I'm guilty of this myself. Yeah. I had a narrative for my life. Yeah. And then every time I got there, and I realized I was like you when I got home. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know. Um. Every time I got there, I I realized it wasn't that awesome. Then I would then I would get a new narrative. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it all came from society, you know. Like, yeah. Right. BMW, wearing a tie when you go to work, like. Right. You know, we pick different narratives. Don't get me wrong. Right. But they're they're from society and from the the want to to fit in that the the same one that the underground man has. Yeah. Um, but 
eventually, I feel like you should be able to go through enough of them where you have tried all the lawns to figure out none of them are any greener. Yeah, none of them are any greener, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what brought that into view for me or, or why so quickly. Yeah. But I don't desire any of that stuff anymore. Well, I, I, I don't think know a lot why of it, he doesn't. But a lot of it is, we, we talked about this earlier, where it's like, it's knowledge of a thing versus knowledge about a thing. Yeah. Right? You know, like when you, like the underground man is, the underground man, if you were to describe him, you would say, well, he's philosophical, he's intellectual, he's well-read, he likes to overthink things, he's, he, you know, and, and all these, these are all Western European traits, all right, at the time. These is all, this is all, in, this is all Western literature. If you're reading, uh, if this was to take place in Western Europe, Probably be a different kind of different kind of story, right? It's not. It's even taking place in Russia, and so yeah. you know, Dostoevsky is making this point where, it's like, hey, if you know, like, if the underground man, if 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 you get that return to tradition, right? If he's raised in a traditional family with dad and mom, and then he goes to school, mm-hmm. and then he's 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 forced to work as a child in the home, and and he has to interact with other people in the neighborhood. He learns social skills. Yeah. And then he's able to, um, he's able to, you know, not be so, you know, he, he, you know, he's not overly smart, he's not overly wise, but he learns social skills as well, you know. Maybe he doesn't end up working for the government. Maybe he gets a different job, and maybe he has more of a, of a better life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe he has that better life for himself. Uh, but that comes from leaning into where you're at and embracing these traditional concepts that that work, right? And so. The point is, is, is the underground man refuses this. He's like, no, he's going to. He's off in Western Europe. He wants. He says, no, I'm not like these people, right? And like in school, and he says, oh, these people are stupid and they don't get me, and they're they're, they're terrible people. They're dullards, and so he's off in Western Europe. So he's kind of like this Western European, like Bohemian cosmopolitan guy who's like stuck in like traditionalist Russia, and then it's no wonder that he that no one can get him because he knows all this information about this other thing, this other place, but he has very little idea or or very little right he has right. very yeah, little experience like, with where he's at and where he lives yeah it's almost like being you know only speaking english and just being dropped into an all french speaking country you'd have you wouldn't be able to fit in very well right assimilating yeah. would be awfully hard right yeah yeah right right you that's know? right you know and so i do think that a lot of that happens when we we know a lot about a thing and then we're not you know and, and, and you know it's interesting i mean you know, it's uh, think about it this way, right? Reading the book. I mean, right after we get done the the podcast series, right? You'll be wake up in the middle of the night one night, and you'll be like, you're gonna turn, you're gonna turn to your spouse, your wife. You're gonna be like, babe, like I, I know a thing, right? Like never again in my whole life, and someone's gonna be able to tell me about notes from underground. Like, no, I've read the book. Like, I don't know, I don't. No longer do I, don't I know, know of the book. Yeah, like right. no longer do I ever. Am I never gonna be that guy who knows of the book? No, no, no. Now you know the thing. Right. right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a bit, that's a special thing. But we build relationships on that. We build personalities on that. We build families on that. We build history and, and legacy on that. And when that's lost, when that's lost, that's when you're going to have cultural disconnect. And I mean, really, that's where you get blunderground. You know, that's when you put the sign up, hammer up the sign, baby. <laughs> yep. Yep. At the, at the end of the chapter, too, though, we, we see that, you know, he, um, he actually can't even wait for it to be over. So in in some yeah. respects, he knows that the outcome that he's thinking of, like he's been dreaming of. Right. You know, all of this is not even going to be realistic. It's not going to happen. You know, so it's like yeah. the, the whole point of, of thinking through it or whatever. It should, I don't know. Just but helps then him. It helps him. But remember, he also says, what does he say about 40? Right. He says impolite to live after 40. <laughs> you know, living, living that life, maybe it's not polite to yourself. Maybe not polite to yourself, but you know, again, he's also he's got to that point of overthinking, and he's gotten to that point of nihilism where he's so down on 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 a very existence. He think, well, you know, if I get a toothache, it might as well just come and kill me because I I, I you know my liver my my liver should just fail and I should die because it's just not polite to live after forty. You know, again, he's living a narrative. Yeah, it's like every every single thing. He's like, I can't wait for it to be over, though. That's what he said. He said about oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. Couldn't he couldn't wait for the day to be over? It was right on the last page of the chapter. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, it's true. Always these dichotomies. Always. Yep. So he couldn't couldn't wait for it to happen. So much so that 
he basically forsook every responsibility he had, yeah. any logical thought, he let that go. Yep. <laughs> and completely went against it. Yeah. And uh, all to end up at the conclusion of, I just can't wait for this to be over anyways. Right. <laughs> and he humiliated himself even more. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness! It's just they can't. You know, you you. It's hard to watch. It's hard to read because he he says, "Well, he has this decision to go do something," and you're like, "Don't, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it." Right? I, I know you already have all the answers. Don't do it. So you don't. Oh, don't. you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You're nope. gonna. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. You're yeah. gonna love. You're gonna spoil it for me. I'm I tell like, you, we're gonna right, have to, next chapter. He's gonna understand it. He's gonna. He's well, gonna come yeah, around. that's right. He's gonna get it. Right? He's coming around. He's gonna get it. Right? No, I tell you, we're gonna have to go back and dig out those like three and a half hour podcasts from before, man. We're gonna have, we're gonna have some of those, man. Woo. Yep. Those wow. Are, those are some good ones. Yep. You got it. All right. We've been about an hour now. Anyway, All right. Anyways. Very good. Very good. All right. Train has pulled up to the station, ladies and gentlemen. We that is. Uh, the Underground Railroad for today. We will be back uh, with Notes from Underground, Part 2, Chapter Number 4. Thank you for making it this far. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time 